Maybe you don't quite understand it, but if I show you this guy's picture, you're going to know that he gave us this equation, and you're going to know that that's what? Yes, that's Einstein's theory of relativity. You may not understand it, but you know what it is. Now, I'm going to show you this guy who gave us this equation which you may not be familiar with the equation, but I bet you understand it a whole lot. This is his theory of relatives. Let that soak in just a little bit. Because this is the time of the year when we talk a whole lot about family, isn't it? Oh my goodness, we make our holiday plans and we've got ourselves over Thanksgiving already and we've got Christmas hopefully already prepared who's going where, who's doing what, who's not going where, and who's not going to do that ever again. We make all these family plans because we know that Christmas is all about family. Because that's what Jesus said. I'll leave that alone. We have all these ideas about family because, of course, family is an important thing about Christmas. It's an important part of how we celebrate, an important part of how we come together. God's people, and as families to celebrate what is good around this time of the year. And we're grateful because it's a good thing when we all get together. We love getting together with each other. We love spending time with each other until we don't. Because sometimes we don't. And we all have that one family member, don't we, who is, you know, that one family member. And as you've all been told, I'm sure you know, if you look around your family and you can't figure out which family member that is, <laughs> But I love that part about family. Because around Christmas time, we either say that family are the friends that you don't get to pick. Families are the gift of God given to us. Or... Christmas ain't Christmas till somebody cries. Y'all with me? I'm not telling you anything you don't know about families coming together and family times at Christmas. And this gets us in a good, I think, idea to understand our story for today. The story that on the surface level doesn't feel all that Christmassy. Doesn't feel like it belongs. We talk about celebrating but it's a family story, I think, that has everything to do with what we are celebrating this time of the year. Sure, we don't get to pick our family members necessarily. That's not entirely true. Spouses pick each other, don't they? They look for the person that completes them. They look for the person that they love and that they get along with and they share this with or they can do this with. They, they choose that spouse that is perfect. Well, interestingly enough, God tells the prophet Hosea to go find your spouse. But don't look for what you want in a spouse. This is what I want you to look for. I want you to find a spouse that you know will not be faithful to you. I want you to find a spouse that you know that whenever you are together will be thinking about someone or someones other than I want you to go find a wife that you know you can never trust. Go find a wife that you know 
who is always ready to turn her back. That is to be the kind of wife you will have. Hosea? That makes for some awkward Christmas dinners, doesn't it? That's what Hosea does. He finds a wife named Gomer who at least has this kind of reputation. Now, we're being pleasant because our children are around, but we all know what the story says about Gomer, what kind of person she was. God says, that's the one, Hosea, you are to marry and build a family with. You have children, and one of your children, we're going to call that child, the name is going to remind us of punishment, which could have a few jokes in there somewhere, but your other child is going to remind you every time you hear their name that these children are not of me. You're going to be reminded every time you hear these children's names. These kids don't belong. That's the kind of wife, that's the kind of family I want you to have. Again, there's nothing very Christmassy about that, right? Nothing wonderful about that Christmas story. And yet, we have to consider why it is God wants Hosea to do that. Why would God want to ruin Hosea's life? Why would God want Hosea to be with someone that he couldn't trust, to be with someone that would break his heart time and time and time again? Of course, I'm sure you've all heard this story before. You know Hosea, you know Gomer. And we know that the reason why is to give the people an illustration of who they had become. God tells Hosea, go find you that wife that will be unfaithful to you as a sign to the people of how they have been unfaithful to me. It's interesting because sometimes, you know, you, you hear on TV or some, maybe we have these images of God being this, uh, this cruel father figure who is just ready to pounce on us, who is ready to judge us and just waiting for us to slip up, waiting to bring the fire and the brimstone down on us. And yet here in this story, God is depicted as someone whose heart is broken by the infidelity of a spouse. God mourns the broken part of that God tells Hosea to have that kind of life so that as people see you, my prophet, my voice, as people see what your life has become, they can know that this is what their life has become. All through that book, you have glimpses of, of how God would take care of the people, how God provided for the people, how God was always willing to do so much, and yet the people turned away. They found their satisfaction in other things. They found their joy in other things. They found trust in things other than God. And I know that as we go through the story of Hosea and we read through those books, if you've ever done that, you know, it talks a lot about idols and, and wooden figures and praying to these things and so on and so forth. And we look at our lives and we think, well, I don't do that anymore. We're not like that. But friends, let's be real. There are things that we turn to first before God. 
there are things that we give our loyalty to before God. There are things that when we put it down on pen and paper, come to find out we trust more than God. See, the illustration that God gave to the people then is still a good illustration for you and I today. We are Gomer. We're the ones that have been unfaithful to God. And even as we come here every Sunday morning, boy, sometimes we don't even make it to the parking lot before our minds wander away from God. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody other than all of us because this is who we are. We, we, sometimes we feel like we can't even help it. God help us, which is a real prayer. But that's who we are. And who we are, you know, if this... If this story were playing out on TV, on Jerry Springer or something, we'd be telling Hosea, man, you need to leave her. You need to find somebody else because you don't let anybody do that to you. You don't let nobody wrong you like that. You're going to find you somebody that's going to take better care of you and so on and so forth. And those are very good things to say. It's our way of doing things. But now we see where God do, does things a little Ever since before Thanksgiving, you know, we've been hearing Christmas music, Christmas songs, Christmas songs, Christmas songs, Christmas songs. Oh, my goodness, I love some of them, but I hate some of them as well. Am I the only one? Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, and the very next day, you know it. Act like you don't know it. You gave it away. And this year, to save me from tears, what am I going to do? You should be thankful. You've heard it. <laughs> we hear this song over and over, and I think it's a, it's a bad song, I think, anyway, but it's very illustrative of who we are. We're willing to give of ourselves, but only to a point. And as soon as I feel like you've done something against me, or I feel like I'm being threatened, I'm going to take what's mine, and I'm going to leave. see, that's not how God works. As we are preparing ourselves over the next uh, several weeks to, to anticipate the coming of Christ again at Christmas time, we are reminding ourselves that God does not work the way we do. Surely, anybody who had to put up with somebody as unfaithful as Gomer would be justified to turn his back Surely we would all understand that you're doing the right thing to let somebody have that kind of power over you. And yet, when Christ comes into the world, it's exactly what God is doing. God is saying, I know how unfaithful you are, but I'm not willing to leave you alone. I'm not willing to turn my back away from you. I know how unfaithful you are. I know what you've become. I know what my life with you is going to look like. But I'm going to give myself to you still. Friends, that is the way God works. And more than the lights, more than the ham, more than decorations, more even than family time, that is what is most meaningful about this time of the year as we remember, even as unfaithful as we are, God came to be with us. 
Thanks, God. I, I needed to know that. I needed to hear that. Oh, and you got us out before 12 and everything. Let's go eat now. Everything's good. If that message hasn't found its way into your soul, you don't understand Christmas. And if that message doesn't change the way you think, doesn't change the way you live, doesn't change the way you interact with other people, you may not even understand what Christianity is about, friends. Because what God was saying through Hosea was that this is my love for you. And our response needs to be a faithful one to God. We need to start somewhere in our faithfulness. We know that we're going to be unfaithful. We know our minds are going to wander before we get to the car. We know, we know we're going to turn our back on, our, on God, but we know we've got to start somewhere. I think a very good place to start is probably a response that many of us are familiar with. In Luke chapter 1, the angel visits Mary and tells her of this great plan of God, that she will bear a son, his name will be Emmanuel, he will be the king of all. He will be the one to remind all of us of God's unfailing love and faithfulness. And I don't know about you, but anytime an angel shows up to me, I'm probably going to be freaking out. I'm probably going to be wondering, are you got the right person? Are you sure this is how it's going to work? But not Mary. Mary responds in a poem that we have that um, I think says a lot about her and shows us shows us how we can respond to this love of God. My soul magnifies the Lord, she says, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of the servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. What Mary recognizes in this promise of God You and I, not so much. But then again, Christmas isn't about us. It's about us remembering Emmanuel. So I think whoever that family member you have that is that one, thank God for that one. Because as you're sitting around the table and he or she says whatever they're going to say, as they act however they're going to act, Thank God for them because maybe they're just giving you a little practice so that you can be ready to love the way God has shown you your love. That's Christmas, friends. You don't deserve this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. And in response, just like Mary, we recognize how God changes everything. God's ways are not our ways. God does so much. And our response, Little by little, live the same way. How can I love someone who is unlovable, 
How can I serve someone that gets on my nerves? How can I be God's presence to someone that I know, who I am sure, doesn't deserve it? If we're asking ourselves those kinds of questions, friends, we are indeed getting ready for Christmas. So, thank God for that family member, and use them as practice this year. Because God wants you to love just the way God has. Let's pray. God, it doesn't even really make sense to us why you would be willing to love us the way you do. And yet we are here because you have shown us just how much So God, it's our prayer as we come here again to hear of your mighty acts in Jesus Christ. That you would help us, that you would renew us and strengthen us, God, and give us a heart that is willing to love and serve the way you have served us and have loved us. God, that's going to take faith. It's going to take patience. It may even take practice. For all these things, God, that we ask your help so that we can be more faithful to you. In Jesus' name.